um, title is Attitude of Gratitude. Yeah. Why did you choose this? Um, wait, like, are we starting now? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I, cho I chose Attitude of Gratitude because that's basically, like, the solution to, like, stop complaining. Um, is to be grateful like for your opportunities and every time that you feel like you want to complain like stop and like think about like what you're grateful for instead of like finishing that complaint so why did you like what made you decide to do that with for your team thing um, why did that become the first thing because complaining leads to like a negative attitude and I know that like I struggled with that, or like I struggled with that last semester really bad, and I know that a couple people on the team do too, and I just thought overall it would help the team in general, and because my parents like usually bring it to my attention that I'm like complaining a lot, or like they'll just say in passing like, you complain a lot, or like stop <laughs> complaining, or like, you know what I mean? So you felt like it was a pattern on the team? Yes. And so like what kind of stuff? Mm. I mean, just because complaining is used to like bridge the gap between people, if that makes sense, like fill the air, you just say like, oh, like my back hurts, like start a conversation, be like, oh, like that's, sorry, whatever. And like complaining is used to like help connect with other people, like relate. And so I feel like it's sort of a bad habit with everybody to just like start complaining to like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And not realizing how damaging it can actually be. Yeah, no, I actually, I've thought that for a long time that for whatever reason, people bond over complaining. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why, I don't know why, I don't know how that started, why that started, if it's been that way for like the history of humanity. I don't understand why. It's like in every workplace and every group of people, in every situation, it's like, I don't know what it is that leads people to be like, oh, yeah, this, this, and that today. Mm -hmm. Because the other thing about it is like, yeah, at least for me, for me, I don't know if you're different, but like, I don't necessarily like hearing it. I know, and that's, that's the I weird thing. Is I don't like hearing it, but I do it a lot, if that makes sense. Right, right. Like, it's know. a weird thing that like everyone does it, but nobody, nobody's like, oh, I'm really glad you told me that. Right, no one actually cares. It's just like, like, okay, and then you like move on. There's something probably like therapeutic about it, like minorly therapeutic, you know? It gives you validation. That's why it feels so good to complain, why you like complaining. You think it gives you validation? It does. Do you think, it, you think that it gives you validation like, because you receive validation from the listener or because just speaking it inherently validates it? Yes, it like inherently invalidate or it inherently validates it, and then also gives you like an ego boost if people complain like, "Oh, it's so cold," like, or this drill is boring, and then like you're like, "Yeah, it's super boring." Then you like feel like, "Yeah, I'm right." Like, oh, so okay, say so, so. So it's like that complaining is like virtue signaling. It's like it's like you saying, "I I dealt with this." Right, and like. Nobody else likes it, and like I don't like it, and I said it, so everyone agrees with me. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But what about in the situations where you're complaining about something that only relates to you and doesn't relate to the people you're talking about? Hmm. I think it just. It, like same kind of thing. Yeah. Because like I'm thinking of an example where, like someone would maybe say to you like, "Oh, like I have, you know, I had to get my tires." rotated today and I didn't have time and and I was late to practice and whatever blah 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 and I'm like oh that sucks and like yeah it does suck and that means you're like yeah it does suck yeah like they yeah. You like you think they like feel bad for you they sympathize with you so it's like makes it okay yeah that is so it sort of begs the question like is that, is that a benefit? Like, is that a positive thing that we're able to like bond over it? I mean, cause it, you're right. It sort of does like create some type of connection of shared experience. I just think that there are more like intelligent things 
like to fill the air with or like to bond over, if that makes sense, like to make conversation with, than to be like something negative yeah. or like not beneficial in any way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess what do you, I mean, like not talking about the team yet, but like with just general complaining and bonding over complaining, do you think that like um, people would benefit from like being like, oh, I, I got my tires rotated today. Like my car is in good shape. Now it made me late to this thing, but I'm glad I've got it taken care of now. Like you think that would be beneficial? I think that would be beneficial. To, like see on the bright side of things, if that makes sense. Like, cause that will, what, that is what will help you like change your mindset to positive instead of like seeing the negative and everything. You see the positive so and everything. Why do you think that <clears throat> we as people default to the negative more so than the positive? Your brain is actually wired to be like, to notice the negative over the positive as a sort of survival oh, shoot, instinct. We're coming with the research, huh? Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. Your brain is wired to, to, to do what? To notice the negative things because they pose more of a threat to your survival. Okay. So that you makes have to sense. Rewire your brain to look for the positive. That makes sense. So, but if that's the case, then why should we fight our negative thoughts? Like, why are they bad? Got her. Yeah. Because, I didn't look up that because, <laughs> because here's my thing is that, um, yeah, it's like, there's a big wave of like positivity in particularly in sports and in coaching and like positive coaching and encouragement over punishment. And, you know, I know like there's a lot of, I guess this wave of like coaching education about like not punishing, like no physical punishment. Like, you know, even the word punishment is going away and it's turned into like consequences. Mm -hmm. And even that is like sort of secondary to like positive reinforcement and, um, incentivizing and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But the sort of the question is like, if our brains are wired to basically be, uh, you know, to notice negativity, to notice threats, um, is that not the more powerful way to like impact change in either yourself or in other people? Sorry, can you say that again? I mean, is it, doesn't it make more sense that we would utilize negativity because it's more, I guess, of a primal thought pattern? Yes, but also more negativity like leads to like more like mental illness, you know what I mean? So I feel like that's why it's like hard because I think negative, some negative thoughts like would help you. Like if you're like hard on yourself, it like pushes you to like reach your own standard. Like, you know, I guess what you would consider like negative thoughts, but like, not to the point where like it makes you like upset all the time. So I feel like it's just a really hard line, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, there's I definitely like passive negative thoughts are not good. Like complaining, right? you know, right, right. passive negative thought. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Just sort of like autopilot right. negative thoughts versus like productive, productive sort of, because yeah. I think that there's, you know, when you think about like human beings and the idea of like homeostasis, like us wanting to be in this sort of comfort zone, for lack of a better word, like where we're running normally, it's only, it's only sort of, there's a threshold of negativity and a threshold of positivity that it, once you pass that, it will like force you to feel like you need to change something so that you don't feel those, so that either don't feel those negative thoughts anymore or that you do feel more of those positive thoughts. And so, I mean, in my experience, for me personally, like, I feel like I am fueled very heavily by negative thoughts. And it actually seems like it's, and maybe this is what everyone thinks, and maybe this is what's wrong, is that it seems like it's productive for me because I'm, I, I do a lot of things I think people are not supposed to do, which is like, I compare myself to people a lot. Mm -hmm. I look at situations and attribute shortcomings to myself 
and personal shortcomings and personal failures and like knowing that I wasn't good enough. But I feel like, and that definitely can border on a lot of negative thoughts that are not beneficial, like that definitely have some stuff that's not beneficial. But mm -hmm. a large part of it to me is like sort of fuel because I'm able to sort of like wake up the next day and be like, okay, I really don't want to have those feelings again. So I try to have to, I want to try to work to make sure I put myself in the situation to not feel that way again. Mm -hmm. Like motivational. Yeah, and I wonder, and I am, I wonder about, this is just personally, I am skeptical actually about if I switch those thoughts to positive, that it would like... Make you complacent? It would make me complacent, yeah, and that would make me, that it would, yeah, like it wouldn't fuel me as aggressively. Because there's nothing, I think, more um, visceral than like this, like when people feel bad, they don't want to feel that way. Mm -hmm. When people feel good, I think it's like, this is nice, but I don't know if they like chase it as aggressively, mm -hmm. you know? It's like we were talking about last night. It's like, do people really want to be the best or do they just want to be not the worst? So yeah. I'm not trying to convince you that negativity is better than positivity because I don't mm -hmm. think that. But um, but I guess I'm curious, like how you think or how you're trying to explore, I guess the line with our mm -hmm. team. That's actually really interesting because I feel like it really does depend on what kind of person you are. Yeah. Because for me, like having like those thoughts, it like for instead of motivating me, it like. I mean, it'll motivate me at first, but then if I don't see like immediate like betterness, I guess or something, like it'll just make me like more insecure and more like I'm never gonna do it. Like I haven't even done it yet, and they're still gonna be better than me. Like instead of like giving my space, giving myself like the space to be like, okay, that wasn't good, but like it can be better. Like this, and like th at least this of what I was doing is better. Like and seeing like the positive in what I'm doing and like to get me to like this right. goal. So you, it's like just the negativity can be okay as long, but when it starts to become like a defeatist, right. like a defeatist attitude, mm -hmm. like this is never gonna change. Like I get more, I guess I'm more of like a sensitive person. So like I'm more sensitive to negative things, Yeah. you know? So I think they do help me in the way that I don't wanna be that, like you said, like I don't wanna feel that way, but they don't help me in getting better. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I think it is really personality-based because I recognize that I think that some people, everyone's really different in that regard. But on that note, you kind of made me wonder, does complaining, is complaining a way, or venting, is, are those ways it's actually to- actually different, by the way. Okay, well, you can explain that to me in one second. <laughs> are those, ways of getting negativity out of your head. Does that make sense? Yes. I think, so, venting is when you express your, like, you express how you're feeling and your emotions that were, like, not let out. Um, but venting, you do it to clear a way for a solution for, like, how you feel that way. And complaining is you're just saying it to say it. Like, you're not looking to get anything out of it. Venting is clearing the way for a solution. Right. So that's like that's when you like let out all your suppressed emotions of being frustrated or like irritated with this person or like, you know, so you get all your emotions out so you're clear headed to think of like, what can I do about this to make it less frustrating? And right. complaining is like, I'm frustrated and not doing anything about it. Because you're always, you're just gonna feel that way. Right. So then, you know, with this sort of project that you're doing, how, because like, for example, yesterday with your practice day, with you leading the, the mindset, there was really no differentiation between the two. Like, how do you differentiate them in real time? It seemed like, you know, anything that was like, that didn't, I mean, th that didn't serve a purpose was basically identified as complaining, but is that different than venting? I mean, like, how do you identify the difference of that, like, as it relates to the team? Um, the way I explained it to the team was, um, 
like, are you saying this because you want feedback? Like, and like saying like, oh, I can't hit any balls today. Why can't I hit a ball today? Or like, I can't hit a ball today. So are you looking for feedback from your partner? Like, oh, you're not close stepping or like, oh, you need a little step. Close stepping. Or, you know, something yeah. like that. Or are you just saying that because like, you're just, I can't hit a ball today. Right. Annoying. Right, right. So one thing I was thinking about that yesterday because you know, everyone's getting called out for like these purposeless negative expressions. Mm -hmm. And it made me really wonder like, cause there's times when I do this, like the other day when we were playing indoor and I was like, I suck. And everyone was like, oh, whatever. Mm -hmm. To me, so it's like, I guess, maybe, maybe you can explain or talk about the difference between like, what the role of honesty is. So honesty versus like negativity. Like, does that make sense? Like, is it better to be falsely positive or honestly negative? <laughs> but do you like, do you honestly believe like you suck though when you say that? Because you're on a pro team. Do you suck? There's definitely people worse than you. You know what I mean? Is that honestly negative? Like, well, honest? in that moment, what I was expressing was there was a frustration that was building up in me during practice. Okay. And it was like, and there was negative thoughts that was building up, that were building up because I wasn't achieving the things I wanted to achieve. And it built to a point where I feel like it was inside of me and I needed to like vocalize it to get it out. And by doing that, it like, it kind of, I feel like it got it out, mm -hmm. you know, you know, it's like, so sometimes it's like, I feel like the, it's a thing that's inside you that's actually, a, I think, po possibly affects you worse when it stays inside. And by speaking it, it, it it's like, okay, for the time being, I've like thrown it up and it's like out of my body. Mm -hmm. But don't you think that's like negative self-talk? Like, it is. Would you talk to someone else the way that you talk to yourself? Like, would you tell one of us that we suck? Like, you suck. That's what your brain's hearing. It's like someone else is telling you, like, you suck. You know what I mean? Yes. I wouldn't say that to you guys, but <laughs> what do you think would happen if I did? Do you think it would depend on the person? God, you think, suck today. I think at first it would really, like, bewilder everyone and be like... Bewilder. Like, what? But I think I mean, it like, was like so a normal... First, let's start with you. If you were having a rough day and I was like, Elena, you suck today. I wouldn't cry. I would literally have to go home. I probably would. If I was already having so a So you would like day, collapse. You would like be like, that would sort of crumble you. Yes. That would be like, you like swept my last leg from out. <laughs> like, I had to go home after that. Okay. So what about like, um, you think everyone would respond that way? Mm. I don't know because some people like get angry and I feel like that's sometimes makes them like better so I feel like some people will respond like angrily to that and be like no I don't and then like do better but I personally and like some other people on the team I think would just yeah no, collapse it's, like, it's actually if I had to bet it's like people are probably either really one way or really another way mm -hmm. because there's a lot of people that I could be like come on you got this and a lot of people don't like to hear that you know people like that? I mean, a lot of people have said, literally said to me or said to the team, maybe not so much this year, but they've mm -hmm. said, look, if I'm struggling in the game, like it, oh, it yeah. pisses me off when people are like, come on, you got this, come on. Mm -hmm. Or like even maybe like the last one in the weight room and people being like, yeah, like cheering you on, I hate it. It's just like, I realize that I'm not doing awesome. Like, I like, I don't like that type of encouragement when I'm, upset okay yeah so and that, so that sort of leads me to another question which is um the idea of like like i said this false positivity where is that what do you feel like is the good version of that and what do you feel like is the bad version of that because yesterday we had a lot of false positivity going around mm -hmm. and i thought it was actually really good it was like everyone kind of knew it was false, 
But it was like this improvisational game that we were playing with ourselves, you know? Yeah. And it became like fun. Mm-hmm. I so, think, yeah. like how we talked about like fake it till you make it yesterday, I think that's like true. Like, I'm not saying that we have like a issue with positivity on the team, but I think it could be like better with the um, like false positivity. And I think helping, like the way everyone had to like reword their sentences to a more positive, like, I don't know, a more positive sentence. Frame. Frame, yeah. It really helped, like, because me and Riley would, like, I feel like I accidentally, like, egged Riley on to, like, complain. And then I'd be like, ah! And we had to, like, reword the sentence. And I think that, like, made us, like, happier. Like, having to, like, think of more positive words and, like, laughing of how fake it sounded. So then it became, like, real positivity. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It was so silly that it was, like, it's like a, this like it's like a trick, like a bridge to real positivity. Right. Yeah, because it's like this meta thing where you're like, you know what you're doing is like sort of ridiculous and falsely emotional in the moment, but then it sort of brings you this moment of perspective where you're like, okay, <laughs> okay, okay, fine, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, the, the problem, yeah, that's, I think it's really hard to do in the moment. I mean, especially on your own, you know, but I guess the theory is, is your theory that just by practicing, manipulating our thought patterns that it will become, we'll become conscious of it in moments where we're having negative self-talk or mm-hmm. complaining about things? Mm-hmm. My goal, because you can't, you can't just stop complaining cold turkey, like that's not going to happen. So... My goal was just to make everybody like mindful of like the things they say, you know, because I know Liv's thing is like um, more like positive thoughts and like positive mindset, but I feel like this could be like a step to it instead of being like only positive like comments or like, you know what I mean? I feel like this is like a good step to a more positive mindset. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Does that answer your question? I don't know. Yeah, no, that does. What other things do you have or are you thinking about with this stuff or questions? Um, I just thought it was really interesting that there's like, that there was a lot of research behind it. I didn't think there would be because it was just something I felt like would make a positive, more more positive mindset. But it actually, um, there's like studies on it that have said that complaining reduces the size of your hippocampus which is responsible for memory and pro- problem solving. Complaining, wow. I know. Wow, and that's interesting. that complaining is basically like secondhand smoke, so you don't have to be the one to do it to be affected by it. So like that's why when you're around complainers, you kind of feel like a da- like down, like they're like all yeah. downers, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. No, that's definitely true. Secondhand smoke, it's a good analogy. Wow, so complaining reduces the size of the hippocampus. Interesting. That's, that's really interesting. That, that goes into like, um, you, you know what law of attraction is? Yes. The like basically speaking things into existence. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about that? I don't know. Like, I don't think like the law of attraction is like a real thing. I think it's just like, it just helps your mindset, I think, to like talk positively and like basically encourage yourself to get to these points, you know? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the law of attraction is like really interesting to me because it's clearly like a pseudoscience sort of, but like there's a lot of things in real science that. I don't want to say back it, but like are pretty close to it. Like what you just said about the hippocampus. Mm-hmm. Like you're basically saying that what you verbalize actually has a real physical effect on like your brain mm-hmm. and probably other people's brains too. Um, and then there's a lot of other, I've seen like studies and research about just mindset in general and how like it, you know, they do things with like sickness and health, you know, where people like, I don't know, 
they use placebos for certain things, and I, I can't even remember, so I'm not gonna explain it well, but mm -hmm. there's a whole like category of studies about basically how they manipulate people's mindsets through like um, things they read or words they prime themselves with or whatever, and then they track like real, you know, physiological differences. Now, so, so law of attraction, I think, is about like, I'm going to win the lottery, I'm going to win the lottery, and then you win the lottery. So it's like a little bit, but with regard to like manipulating your own body chemistry through thoughts and words and actions, there's like a ton of science behind that. And it's not, in my opinion, it's not a stretch to then say that, well, if we're actually manipulating our body chemistry and our thought patterns and our hormones and all this stuff via actions we can consciously take, then our body's ability to do things in the real world becomes changed. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think that's like, I was kind of talking about it with Rachel yesterday on my call with her, um, how like you can like heal your body from like the inside out, you know? And like I think like in what you're saying too, of like, you know how people get like phantom pain? Yeah. Like that's so interesting too. Cause or like when I feel my phone buzz in my pocket. <laughs> right, like how does like your brain like, you know what I mean? And I just think that's so interesting. Yeah, the brain is freaky. And honestly. like if you think about having an itch somewhere, you will itch that spot like you have an itch. Oh, I've never have ever you had tried that, that thought before and I'm, <laughs> I'm really mad you just poisoned my brain with that. <laughs> but like that's so weird because like you feel like you have an itch if you think about having an itch in a specific spot. Yeah, I don't, I, that's like <laughs> telling me, yeah, don't tell me that. Um, as I'm itching my back. Um, well, so yesterday, you know, in practice, like explain, you know, explain what you did, explain what you did the first week mm -hmm. and then how you adjusted the second week and how you think it went. So the first week I didn't really know what to do because it was very, it's very hard to make this like tangible of like, this is how many times I complained or like, I complained a lot today. I didn't complain a lot today, things like that. So. The first week, I just asked everybody like to say like one complaint that they had made that practice or that day, um, and then we turned it into like something more positive, like attitude of gratitude, what you can be grateful for instead of like something that instead of something happening to you, like it helped you in this way, or you know what I mean. So that's what I did the first week, and then the second or like yesterday this week. Did you feel like anything happened the first week? Like anything did influenced? No. I don't think anything really influenced. It sort of just came and went. Yeah. And then this week I put, I mean it was raining, so we were supposed to put tallies on the board under everybody's name, whoever complained. And since like I can't be everywhere, I can't hear every conversation, I made it like a partner accountability thing um, or just anyone around you to like call each other out for complaining because it's so passive and you do it all the time, you don't realize it half the time. Um, so at first it didn't really work because people were like fighting over whether or not they complained. I'm like, this is not like something to fight over. Either, either you did or you didn't. And if it sounds to other people like you're complaining, then you were probably complaining, you know? So I feel like at first everybody was kind of like, no, I didn't complain, that wasn't a complaint. Like. No, per no one person was better than the other because they had no tallies. You know, I just wanted everybody to like be aware of how many times they do it. And I read them like all this stuff before practice too because I wanted them to see like how damaging it can actually be and how it does affect you like biologically. And it's like important to like decrease because you're never going to be able to stop complaining. And there are some benefits to complaining, but it's more negative. There's more cons than there are pros to complaining, so I just wanted them to be able to see how often it like comes out without you realizing. Yeah. Well, I mean, from my perspective, you just, with regard to sort of you doing your thing, I mean, yesterday was like 10 times better than it was last week mm -hmm. because you went out of your way to like influence the environment with that thing. and. I'm curious, like, in doing that, because you were way more actively involved in that process throughout the day yesterday, mm. did you feel that that 
took away from your ability to like have a productive practice? Maybe a couple times because I was trying to, I was being nosy on other conversations and like I would hear someone fighting over it and then I'd like stop, like I'd make me and Riley like miss a turn on like carousel or something to like go be like, what's going on over here? Like, what did you say? Or like go up to like whoever was fighting and be like, what like the situation was and whether or not they needed a tally. But other than that, I don't think so. So, cause that's, I mean, that's the thing that I think a lot of people think is difficult is to sort of take on a, a team responsibility while you're having a practice where you're, you as an individual are trying to get better. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're saying that, and I think that that's, like I said, I think that's what people think. Right. I think it's, it will take away a little bit because like you said, your mind can be a little bit divided, but you were able to stay really intentional with at least that thing. Um, and it's a good note to like everyone that I think you can take on other people's responsibilities in a team practice mm-hmm. and still have a productive practice yourself, right. which is something like that, you know, we always are encouraging like leaders to do mm-hmm. is like take care of other people and practice and be influential. And if everyone can do that, and particularly if you can do that as a freshman where like you interjected and you made, you didn't like, you forced the issue with people and like made sure it went the way you wanted to go. It just was a really good job. I mean, like a lot of people do, they have a thing they want to accomplish and they kind of, they don't really give it a real go. Mm -hmm. You know, they're kind of like, oh, like don't forget to do this, whatever. Mm-hmm. which is kind of what you did first week. Yeah. Second week, you're like, first of all, you had a better plan, and then you were clear and, and stern. And everyone, I mean, did you ever feel like people resented the way you were doing it? No. But I was, it was interesting between, like, the people who tried to call other people out because I know that that's like what this is basically about is like candor, like accountability. It was a little bit tense and awkward between those two people. And like, not that I felt like a mediator, but I was, it was like weird tension. And I thought that was really interesting because that's what we're trying to like accomplish with, with each other. But it felt like people were like, didn't want to. Yeah. Like I had to like, not force one person to speak up, but like they wanted to say something, but then they're like, no, and like it's okay, but like I was like, say what you need to say. Yeah. And I think like that practice really helped with that. Yeah. So I think. Yeah. No, you're 100 percent right. I mean, and you sort of are a mediator in that situation. I mean, hopefully not forever, but you know, that's sort of the role that we all should have, right? Mm-hmm. Is like, if something's happening, it's like. No, because then what happened from it? Nothing happened, like, I mean, in a good way. Right. Like, nothing bad happened. Like, it was just, okay, cool. Feedback given, feedback received. Mm-hmm. You know, and in fact, you being the mediator and you being the one that forced that to happen, it, it, like, gave everyone, it gave the speaker permission to speak and it gave the listener permission to listen. Like, mm-hmm. um, and if you imagine, I'm imagining an environment in which that could happen at any time and any person could be the person saying, no, no, like, what were you going to say? Say what you're going to say. Like, right. say it, you know, like, mm-hmm. don't. Right. Be... If you're going to say it, just say it. Yeah. Don't and I'll tell you this, like, the tension is very natural. Mm-hmm. And it's a big thing I've been saying is that the tension exists in competition. Mm-hmm. And so the tension is really, I view it as sort of a tool a tool for us to use, like, you know, how do I phrase it? Like, us getting comfortable in interpersonal tension mm-hmm. seems like a thing that if we do consistently enough, we will self-organize as a group to no longer be uncomfortable in those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we encounter those situations in competition, it won't be like, 
it won't throw us off of like what we're capable of normally. Right. Because tension a lot of times can like throw you off your game, mm -hmm. like your sport, but also like your just your normal behavior. It can be like, uh, I'm not who I want to be because of this tension. Mm -hmm. And if you imagine like, just imagine that it was this crazy tense every single day, every single day, just insanely tense. That's not what I want it to be. But if you imagine that it's like that, I mean, you'd get to a point where you'd figure out how to like exist within it. Right. I mean, you would. It's like it's like human nature. Mm -hmm. You will figure out how to like uh, recalibrate your perspective to account for like that new like baseline level of tension. Yeah. So, you know, I'm almost of the opinion that those situations are really good because situations like that really similar situations like that occur I think in competition mm -hmm. not so much like I'm speaking to you across the net like telling you right. something but like just the idea of I mean I'm sure you felt like people you don't like playing or that are acting in a way that you don't like and it becomes this like thing this like physical visceral thing that exists between you and it's like okay if you can go right at that and understand that that's right there and accept that and acknowledge that mm -hmm without letting it rattle your emotions, I just feel like that's sort of the, that's the bridge that I'm trying to get us to with all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think that stuff is really good. And my, my whole point with that is that I feel like, you said you feel like a mediator sometimes. I feel like that way all the time as a coach mm -hmm. and always question like, which I'm sure you questioned, which is, do I jump in on this? Do I let it play out? Mm -hmm. Do I make a ruling? Right. Just, you, don't do this, whatever. Do mm -hmm. I, t you know, it's like, yeah. I don't know what all the thoughts that were going through your head was when that sort of interaction was happening. Right, because I, um, I was wondering, like, like the same question, like, should I be the one to make the decision or should I let, like, that person say what they need to say? And I was like, and I was also thinking, like, what if they, like, fight back? I was, like, kind of... I was like nervous, but I was like wanted to see what was happening or wanted to see what would happen because it was like the first like actual like confrontation about it. So I was like just wondering, <laughs> but I think it turned out fine. I just don't think the recipient was very like, you always tell us to like look in the mirror and stuff like that. I feel like it might have been hard for that person to do it. Like the one being called out, it was like maybe hard for them to take it. Why? I don't know. Because no one likes being called out and they feel like... You're just saying like, in general it's hard to be the recipient. Right. right. And yeah. And also with the complaining, it's like... You're the only one who really knows if you're complaining. You know what I mean? Like, you can twist it each way and be like, oh, actually, I was looking for feedback. Actually, I was, you know what I mean? But, like, you truly know, like, if you were complaining. So that's what made it so hard to, like, decide who got a tally. But, like, if you can't tell me what you said that for, then I'm going to file it as a complaint. Right. Like, you know? if you just mindlessly said it. Right. And so I think that might have been difficult to, like, take for the recipient of, like, the conversation. Yeah, because you're like, I don't even know why this is happening. Cause, but also because right. some, so much of that is like subconscious, like not even mm -hmm. conscious of what you're saying. And then you're getting called out when you're like. And then you get like defensive because you're like, well, no, not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like you just immediately want to be defensive. But. Well, the biggest argument you have in favor of like kind of the way you handled it yesterday is that on another hand, it doesn't really matter why they said it. Because like you said, the secondhand smoke thing. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't really matter how or why they said it if other people interpreted it as complaining or negative. Mm -hmm. Then it's like, well, then it ceases to become beneficial for the group. So the responsibility of the speaker is to the group. Right. And, like, if you're, like, think about your partner, like, right. how, or, like, your team, like how you said earlier, like, oh, I suck. Like... How's that going to affect, like, your teammates? You know, you yeah, that, I mean, hear that negative talk, and it's just like... One, one type of partner that I don't like to play with is one that 
he's always like, my bad, my bad. I'll get that better. I'll get you better. So I was like, it actually was fine. Like everything's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, people that, and I understand why they do it. They're trying to like, actually there's a positive reason why they're trying to do it, which is they're trying to take mm-hmm. the failure of the team onto themselves. Right. And be like, this is on my, this is my fault. And I do that too sometimes, mm-hmm. but I don't like it. I don't like it. So it's like, so it's the same idea is that even if, the, even if someone is saying something sort of quote unquote negative for a good reason, if it has a negative effect on the partner or the team or the environment, then, mm-hmm. then at that point we're just talking about what is the most optimal way to like get ourselves to perform as a group. Mm-hmm. So that's like, that's the thing you can always get behind is like, even if you said it because you wanted feedback, if people were like distracted by it. Right. Like, and also like would force you to like, think of a more positive way to like, address the team or like, address an issue. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that could be beneficial. Because also like, when like confronting each other or like confrontation, it also might help to like, maybe instead of complaining about what someone else did, like to like reword it more positively, but still get your point across. You know what I mean? Because I feel like there's always like an issue with like tone maybe or like how people say things that also affect others. So I think it would help you be conscious of how you say things too. Yeah, so you're talking about when like someone's being one way and it's like basically you're annoyed by it or you're like mm-hmm. you're like not really, really with it. And so in addressing that to that person, trying to frame it in a positive way. Right. Like trying to frame it to the partner that does all the, it's my bad thing. It's like, hey, like, you know, when you say that stuff, like I actually appreciate you trying to like take the responsibility onto yourself, but it actually is kind of having this effect on me. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So basically like, thank you for trying to like take the blame and everything, but it doesn't help me when you do that. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So be like, stop saying that, you know? Right. Now, I sort of my last, one of my last questions is like, because that interaction is pretty idealistic, like, uh, like in the heat of the moment to be like, hey, I can recognize in this moment that you're actually trying to shoulder the burden for both of us, but it's actually decreasing my performance because it's distracting my thoughts toward a negative place. Is there an argument to be made for like basically what you did yesterday, which is, mm-hmm. which is a rule we used to have, which is like no okay buts, like mm-hmm. no okay but, just if someone tells you something, it's just like, it's just, it yeah, it's just, yeah. that's it. Right, like sort of like how you say like, um, how people perceive you is like the truth. Right. It is like, there's no okay but no like this is like. Right. There was another, there was another interaction yesterday that I don't know if you saw or, or heard, but like I had told Lizzie something that she was making a shot call before she was looking. Mm-hmm. And she had kind of said like, oh, like I saw like I saw the because the blocker was in her peripheral. So she saw that the high line was open, which in, in that moment I was like, as I was she was responding to me. I was like, that's okay, fair argument. Like I was about to be like, fair. But before I basically said that, Natalie was like, hey, like just, you know, just listen, just like do what he says, whatever. And so that sort of like triangle of interaction was like a really unique situation because I was okay with like the debate, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's just my style. There's also an argument that we made, like Natalie was making, which is just like, just hear what he's saying and like what your response is in a way doesn't matter. Right. Like hear what he's saying to understand what he's seen. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also of like what you wanted us to do was to like look away from the hitter. Is that yeah, so I mean, I think that's not to also, get too into the logistics, but right. yeah. But I think to try and do like what you want us to do and then figure out if it doesn't work and then you know what I mean? The question is like, do you want to, do you, if you had to choose, do you want an environment where there's no response when people tell you stuff? Like there's, it's just like, okay. Like they just, it's just raw listening and nodding their head. 
or do you want, or do you prefer one where there's dialogue? Like, obviously somewhere in the middle, but like what end of the spectrum do you feel like is better in, like in, the, in, in our environment? Because hmm. what you did yesterday is more of just like a pure listening. It's just like a, okay, you said, you said I, what I said, complain, I'm going to the board to write it down, mm -hmm. which it took you a second to get there, but. Right. I think mm, this is hard because as a team, I think we have a lot of people that are like very smart and like very argumentative. So I feel like debate would be good for those people, but also I'm one of those people that's like, maybe I don't realize that like, I'm like, I'm more of like a take it and like, okay, than like a debater just because I feel like you guys can see like me and my actions better than I can. For some, like, does that make sense? Yeah, that's, yeah. So I think that's really hard of a question. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, I think you kind of said it, which is some people probably are better with one environment and other people are better with the other. For me personally, like I'm a big dialogue person because I'm, I personally am able to separate a lot of times like people's perspectives and arguments from like my sort of like internal value. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just like a thing that, but definitely not everyone's like that. And like, it seems like you're not like that because if I told you that you sucked or you were having, <laughs> you sucked today, then you would take that like pretty much as personally as you could take it. Right. You know? Yeah. So that is a huge issue for me as a coach because what type of environment do we create? <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. And maybe it's like, maybe it's like, what we've been doing, which is yesterday it's a listening day. Mm -hmm. And maybe on like a Saturday, a Friday when it's like competition variations, maybe it's like an arguing day. And that's like, we, we go into the day acknowledging that like, we're going to have arguments and like just to mentally prepare for that. Because you mentally prepared the team to just hear what people said. Right. And then you sh shepherded them through that. and it, ended up being really good. So maybe it's just about priming our mindset for what type of day it's going to be, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. That, that's really interesting because, like, that situation was really interesting to me, mm -hmm. the me and Lizzie and Natalie, because I literally just see all sides of it. Right. I was like, I had a perspective of what happened that she did wrong. Mm -hmm. She had a perspective of what she felt like she did right. And a third party had a perspective of how if there should have been a response to my feedback or not. Mm. You know, that's like a really interesting thing that we will encounter, we will continue to encounter as you encountered in your triangle. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like someone said something kind of halfway. Other person was like, you know, what, like say, like what were you gonna say? And it wasn't, I don't think it was like, what were you gonna say? Right. And she was like, no, never mind. And then you're like, well, no, like say what you're gonna say, because that's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And then it was just like this triangle of thing. And that's an interesting concept we'll have to like continue to think about, you know. And you'll have lots of experience with it, I think, because you know, you'll have more of those experiences with getting people to say something or mm -hmm. telling people to stop responding. Yeah. You I know? Was, yeah, I thought yesterday was very interesting. I didn't actually think people were going to like argue over it. I thought it was very like, you complained or you didn't. It was, I think it was very good that those arguments did happen and that there were like other people to mediate, you know? You think it was good that I that thought, happened? Yeah. And then you also think it was good that we got away from doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that as a, you think that when you think about the demands of this space, so competing in beach volleyball, when you think about the demands of that, do you think that there is a difference between, in terms of how much success someone can attain of someone who is a debater versus someone who is a listener? Or do you think they have like equal top ends? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I think they do have like equal because I feel like if you are a debater, you have a lot of like, 
or like a lot of ideas that are like solidified if that makes sense so you like want to fight to see like other people's and then you like take it if like they have like enough facts or whatever you know what I mean but like as like someone who's like a listener it's like you I mean honestly you have like your core like values and ideas but then I feel like you're very open to other people's ideas mm-hmm. does that make sense that you don't feel like you need to like fight your other ideas yeah it's like two different paths to like mastery mm-hmm. you know yeah like the debater can impose a sort of competitiveness on the environment mm-hmm. but the listener can kind of potentially grow more or like take on the best ideas yeah maybe yeah that's interesting because it because my my perspective has always been like that we should promote debating because that conflict is, I think, similar to conflicts that occur in competition. Mm-hmm. Not ver- necessarily verbal debating, but like the imposing of one thing on another. Right. I've like, a, I've like equated those two things. Mm-hmm. But you raise an interesting point, which is that sometimes, you know, if you're just the best consumer of information mm-hmm. without bias and without ego, that you can perhaps go further, you can develop further, mm-hmm. better. Right. Because yeah. yeah. I, I like listening to other people debate, if that makes sense. Like, I like being near it and, like, listening to both sides because I feel like I can absorb, like, answers from both ends. So that's why I like, I like the debate environment. I personally don't like debating, but I like being around it. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Like I said, it makes me just think about, like, <laughs> So what do we, I mean, as a, as a culture, as a team culture, it's like, how do we, you know, decide what it's going to be like, you know, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's an interesting question. Yeah. Well, anything else, any other topics that you didn't, uh, any last, last topics or anything, or did we cover everything? I think we pretty much covered everything. I mean, there is like one positive to complaining. It's like it can offer external perspective, and it can also voicing it can make you realize how unimportant it actually is, or like how it really doesn't matter. But that's it. That's why I said I suck. <laughs> but that's it. That's all my stuff. All right. Cool. Cool. We're done. Attitude of gratitude.